Welcome to the Thoughts Uncovered podcast by Voyage Manchester. I am your host, Beck Simmons. I am a mindset coach and hypnotherapist, helping others on their mental well-being and self-development journeys. While still very much on my own journey of self-discovery and self-awareness, this is an open, non-judgmental space where myself and others will be sharing their journeys and experiences, discussing all things mental health, self-development and mindset. Things are about to get a little bit deep, but I am here to shed a light to remind each other we aren't alone. We are all living this shared human experience. It's actually one thing we all have in common. Despite our differences, like physical health, we all have mental health. And although not everyone will experience a mental illness within their lifetime, because we are all on this crazy journey called life, we may all struggle with our mental health from time to time. So hi guys, we're here with John today. Um, so he has just finished his PhD in, um, well, the topic was what is narcissism. So we thought it would be a really great idea to have a deep dive today into narcissism, the myths around it, how to spot it, and then also just touch upon some other personality types as well. So um, John, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody yeah. today? Uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for having me back. Um, my my name's John Martindale. I have just finished my PhD at the University of Manchester studying the measurement of narcissism. Um, so what actually what actually is it as a construct? Uh, what does it look like and what are the consequences for people, particularly in the workplace? Um, so I've always found it a very fascinating topic, um, hopefully not through too much self-reflection. Um, <laughs> and uh, now just continuing and I'm, I'm going to stay in academia and continue to research it as well. Okay, amazing. Um, what what kind of got you into, you know, diving a bit deeper into narcissism? Like what was your interest there rather than, I guess, the other personality types or other areas of psychology? Yeah, so so I've always, I've kind of always studied psychology. Um, I did my undergrad back in uh, Huddersfield a long time ago now and uh, always found the kind of individual differences and in behavior the most interesting aspect. And then within that, a kind of clinical dysfunction. Um, and then within that, narcissism, I just think, is the most compelling. It's the most complex um, of all the disorders. It kind of presents as both really impressive, grandiose attention-seeking. We'll get into this as well, but also mm. a lot of shame and vulnerability and, of course, being mean to other people. Um, so I was originally going to go down a clinical route, actually, um, with the intention of treating this. I managed two weeks on a clinical master's before <laughs> deciding it was way too heavy for me. Uh, so yeah. I came back out and decided to look at the workplace, which is, you know, just as important, but a slightly more casual context, I think. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I was the same with clinical. I started to go down that route, but then decided uh, against it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I guess I guess for people listening, I mean, I think a lot of people throw the word narcissism around like, you know, we, we've spoke about this before. Um, so what is narcissism? <laughs> Yeah, well, I actually thought it would be um, useful to just kind of step back a, a second and dig deep firstly into what do we mean by personality? Um, just because sure. I noticed you said um, personality type as part of the in introduction. Um, mm. So so nowadays in uh, research, we actually would stray away from that term, uh, which you traditionally associate with like the MBTI. Uh, so this person's an extrovert, this person's an introvert. Uh, and instead view uh, traits. 
So a trait is kind mm -hmm. of like more of a high-low continuum of a particular attribute, which when they come together, um, they tend to form a typical pattern of thinking, feeling, and behavior uh, for an individual um, over time. So uh, often when people say like, I'm an extrovert, they might also then say, no, I, maybe I'm an extrovert. Sometimes maybe I'm an introvert other times. And then that mm. kind of lends itself better to the uh, this idea of traits. Um, so trait perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so what we tend to find is that personality is really stable over time, uh, which is why we're able to describe each other uh, quite accurately. But it varies a lot uh, from moment to moment. Um, yeah. So different uh, situations trigger different kind of behaviors. Uh, and then that's determined by your personality. What this means for narcissism is that rather than there being a particular type of person who's a narcissist, which conveniently, I think for all of us, is never ourselves, it's always somebody yeah. else. Um, it means that instead it exists on a continuum with normal personality that on a situational basis, we're all capable of expressing it. Ah, okay. Now that's very interesting because, um, you know, you'd think, well, what I thought was that, yeah, you have certain people that are kind of just generally narcissistic. But the fact that you've said that we all have the capability to be narcissistic at times or show, um, you know, show aspects of, of narcissism. then um, yeah, I find that so interesting. And I feel like maybe not a lot of people would know that. No, well, I, I should also say like, that doesn't mean we should let people off the hook. Because while they mm -hmm. are um, distributed throughout the population, and, and actually, they're just a combination of normal traits that we would say um, use every day. So narcissism is actually just a combination of being particularly outgoing, but also not being very nice to other people. Um, so, so while, you know, we're all capable of doing that from time to time, there, there is still mm -hmm. a subset of individuals right at the top who are that to such a chronic degree um, to, that it really interferes with their lives. So that's kind of how you go from narcissism uh, which, you know, we're all capable of to narcissistic personality disorder, which then is like a ah. clinical diagnosis uh, for sustained dysfunction over time. Okay. So there is like a, a real um, distinct, like it is, there is a distinguishment, what's the word, between the two. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 I mean, it, so the, these are all like everything I say, by the way, um, I should have said up front is this is just my particular opinion like my research opinion and there's a lot mm -hmm. of debate and disagreement over these issues in the field but generally yeah in order to qualify for a diagnosis you need to exhibit um all of these things uh over a long period of time and, th and then that kind of taps into the other um aspect of narcissism we're, we're all really familiar with the attention seeking and the mm. charisma and putting yourself out there being gregarious um but there's also an, an aspect of it too that's very shame filled and kind of yeah. angry and bitter. Um, so in the one hand, you've got like, I'm better than other people. And then on the other hand, I never get what I deserve. And then mm. when those two come together, which they often do, uh, over a really long period of time, that's where you get a clinical diagnosis. Okay. Okay. And why are people narcissistic? Um, well, the, the thing is, is it's actually pretty adaptive. Um, in a lot of contexts okay. in terms of it can lead to some quite positive outcomes. So mm. in the short term, 
I mean, as I said, it's just a combination of like normal characteristics. So being gregarious, um, I think, unfortunately, being quite manipulative and then mm. also this this aspect of neuroticism. So it's when they cluster together is when you start to see um, narcissism. But but if you take them separately, like being gregarious, especially in the short term, it can it can lead to some really nice consequences. So narcissists tend to be really popular over short periods of time. They're not afraid to mm. put themselves out there. Um, and you especially see that in contexts like assessment centers. Um, so okay. narcissistic people are much more likely to emerge in groups as leaders. Uh, and I read a really interesting thing basically saying you can kind of tie this to the speaking time. So literally just the amount of time that somebody speaks in a group in a short period of time will make them more likely to be a leader of that group. Narcissistic individuals are obviously not afraid to put themselves out there. Um, mm. So they're more likely to um, do that as well. So so that that's kind of like the nice side of it. And that's where it's logical reasons to be narcissistic. Um, I think unfortunately on the, on the more dysfunctional side of things, narcissism lends itself to a kind of set of self-serving cognitive biases that mean you okay. ignore any negative feedback. You don't process it or even take it in so that you can maintain mm. this really grandiose view of yourself that you have. Um, mm. And that leads you to people to be narcissistic in a, in a bad way. Yeah. So it's like we all have it in us to, to express these narcissistic aspects, but then those that can't necessarily see when they might be in the wrong or can't take like negative feedback from others, yeah. that's when it becomes a problem. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also like really contextual. Like, uh, I don't know about you, but I, I can't imagine anything worse than my mate seeing me in an interview context. Mm. Um, yeah. But that's an acceptable um, context to be like really attention seeking and self-promoting, right? But if you were doing that mm. down the pub or hanging out with your family or something like that, people would tend to think, oh gosh, I wish this, I wish this person wasn't being so narcissistic. So, so essentially it's, it's subjective and it's in the eye of the beholder. Yep. I was just going to say, is it that kind of awareness of like, so obviously with it being contextual for, for people that know in some situations, you've got to be a little bit narcissistic to kind of like, you know, get ahead of the game. Or like you said, in an interview, you want to, you know, kind of big yourself up, be a little bit attention seeking, or if, especially if it was like a group thing, you want to stand out. Um, but then like having that awareness that in some situations, i.e. like in the pub where, you know, you're around other people, like, that's when you would tone that kind of behavior down. But for someone who maybe is, you know, more narcissistic, would they not have that awareness of that context of like, you know, being able to adapt in different contexts? Is that, is that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, I mean, that is, that is literally exactly right. So it, essentially there's this, there's this movement now that's saying um, narcissism and other disorders are only disorders because of the context. So hmm. in the first area you describe like a job interview is you could just say that's extroversion like that's just as somebody who's yeah. willing to be outgoing the the problem when it becomes narcissism and with narcissistic individuals they just do it in inappropriate context like like there's nothing mm. wrong necessarily with being you know with promoting your own achievements it's really good it, it's associated with good self-esteem um the problem with narcissists is they just do it in in the wrong um context and they're also particularly sensitive to social hierarchies so they tend okay. to view all relationships as uh like zero-sum games so 
there's a limited amount of resources here and I need to take what I can get. And and that what mm. distinguishes it from um, uh, self-esteem would be that they're, they're just comfortable with themselves. People with uh, self-esteem just means you're comfortable with yourself, right? So you don't mm-hmm. view that yeah. you need to get one over on other people. Yeah. Okay. But so for them, do they have a lack of self-esteem? Is that something that it's complicated? So, yeah. So there's two, you know, I mentioned there's like the kind of grandiose side and then this more what we'd call Mm -hmm. the vulnerable side. So individuals tend to favor one over the other. Um, Right. People who are more successful in life, narcissists who are more successful in life will tend to be more grandiose. Um, Narcissists who are less successful will tend to be more vulnerable. And then both those um, different streams show different relations with self-esteem like as you can guess the former tends to have high self-esteem other narcissistic individuals tend to have low self-esteem and i and i think for this this latter group in particular these vulnerable narcissists where you've got like spite contempt Mm. uh entitlement but not like confidence or gregariousness or anything like that it it must be a pretty miserable existence like you you don't have friends yeah yeah, like like when I think about it, it actually makes me feel quite sad. Yeah, me you know, too. That, yeah, um, and that that kind of kind of spikes a question in me of of um, you know, a lot of the time I think people when they are a certain way will say you know that's just part of my personality, it's part of who I am. You know that the, the behaviours that they do, the things that they do. Um, so for narcissism, if it becomes a real problem in someone's life you know on either side whether it's the grandiose side or, or the more vulnerable side um is is there something that can be done about that like yeah yeah definitely so so like objectively the research does show that narcissistic personality narcissistic personality disorder is one of the mm-hmm. most difficult to treat but okay it's mainly because of this lack of self-awareness and this cognitive bias so mm. when these individuals have been put into therapy through no um motivation of their own they're they're very intractable and they don't want to be treated however all that being said if you are willing to seek treatment then yeah personality is a really strong predictor of behavior and it does tend to be fixed over time but uh, none of us are slaves to our traits and it's perfectly possible to kind of develop skills and habits and characteristic adaptations to uh improve yourself over time especially if you think it's this this emotion dysregulation so this inability to control the way that we act Mm. based on how we feel that causes most of the problems with narcissism and and that actually tends to be one of the most responsive individual differences to both therapy and uh, self-improvement exercises as well so it's it's possible but they have to be up for it yeah I guess but that I guess that's like anything you know anyone who does any kind of therapy if you've been made to go by someone else or because of something else and you don't want to be there then you're not gonna receive it in the way that it's supposed to be received you know what I mean yeah um yeah it's unlike so, the, yeah that like a court mandated narcissist yeah you're asked to do therapy they're they're probably not going to go through like a great personal transformation but if an individual mm. you know their, their interpersonal relations weren't great and they got some feedback and they were like look you can be a bit narcissistic in, in situations and they wanted to change yeah they they definitely could Hmm. Yeah. Have you done much research on where like the origin of of narcissism comes from? Like, is there any links to, you know, why some people are more narcissistic than others? Well, well, essentially, in the sense uh, that 
Yeah. So, so if I mentioned the the traits and the kind of con- mm-hmm. dimension aspect, so I won't get too heavy, heavy into the the uh, stat side of things, but but essentially all these characteristics are normally distributed throughout the population. So all individuals will have like a, a standing on them, so a mean level, and it mm-hmm. and it just means some individuals tend essentially they're. I was going to say biology. We don't really know where it comes from. There's a really strong genetic component. So okay, some people are essentially just born narcissistic than uh, mm. than others. I can't remember what the ratio is. My my uh, some of my colleagues would be a lot more confident in what I'm saying this. But unfortunately, it means that yeah, personality has a really strong de- genetic determination. So you are mm-hmm. born that way, so to speak. And th- and this is the point that it's not a subset of people. It, it can be anyone throughout the population, um, mm. but your personality fluctuates, you know, over the short term and the long term. So yeah, just because you're narcissistic at time point one doesn't mean you will be at time point two. Yeah. And I guess, um, like anything, then, um, you know, the nurture factor could come into it as well. So say if you were born with that trait, um, if you were nurtured in a in a way that was maybe very loving and caring, and you you had your needs met, would you say there's a potential that that trait might not be as problematic for that person? Yeah. Um, later on in life, and then you know, vice versa, if they were you know brought up in a, a childhood home that maybe wasn't as um, as loving and caring and, and nurturing, then that could maybe accelerate that trait is that is that something that's been looked at yeah it, it does and it actually um really parallels research in psychopathy uh similar mm. to narcissism but much more in so, uh associated with impulsivity and antisocial behavior but both of those show that the more say grandiose or agentic is how we would describe it uh meaning um you know better at moving through the world in a positive way those aspects mm. tend to be um really genetic uh so the outgoing nature but all of the vulnerability side so this kind of emotion dysregulation stuff that that's almost directly linked to adverse childhood experiences so nurture basically yeah so yeah so what you interesting might then see yeah it's basically if you've got somebody who's predisposed to narcissism when they're born and then they have like a really supportive and and positive upbringing Mm. they're uh they're probably gonna go on to have like really successful consequences from their narcissism and also I should say there's some unfortunate like but inevitable moderators for this stuff so the the impact of narcissism on your life also depends on like whether you're whether you're rich whether you're talented whether you're Mm. good looking all of these things can turn it from a positive uh, from a negative to a positive right wow yeah that's I mean yeah it's so interesting yeah if you think of like celebrities CEOs they're mm. all really narcissistic, right? Yeah. Or they tend to be, but they've got something else which makes it acceptable. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes so much sense. I've never even thought of it that way. Um, interesting. So, um, with when you said before as well about obviously, if um, you know those that were exposed to adverse childhood experiences, that kind of um, that's where they potentially be on that more vulnerable side of narcissism. So, would you? We, are you saying that if someone's born with a narcissistic trait, um, it would only ever be more of the positive side of the trait? Is that is that right? Yeah, essentially speaking. So it's important to remember that these are like broad trends. So while it's like the average, mm. you'll still get loads of 
loads of variability in terms of situations. And uh, it's more so that um, people will be born with loads of loads of different flavors of narcissism. Their childhood then mm. determines how those are expressed. It's just that um, adverse child experiences uh, are more create greater risk of the vulnerable side of things. So let's say you've got like person A who's born vulnerable narcissist, and they then have like a vulnerable childhood. They then become super vulnerable narcissist. Whereas if you've got somebody who starts right. out grandiose but they then have like a really difficult childhood, they they might become less grandiose to the extent that they then become more of a vulnerable narcissist, essentially, if that if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, And I mean, yeah, it's just it's just interesting because I think, you know, as well, a lot of people um, have this perception and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have thought a lot of people have this perception that um, of narcissism of more of this grandiose side rather than the the vulnerable side but you know that is a huge part of of narcissism isn't it this this vulnerable yeah, side yeah and so so that was well th- this vulnerable side is relatively new so only only really mm. it was i'd say formalized in 2011 um but but okay. predominantly um the history of narcissism has been this uh kind of grandiosity and this cruelty and disregard for others as well. Um, but what what researchers were trying to figure out is um, this this almost like mask of confidence aspect to narcissism that uh, slips um, when they experience like threat. So narcissists tend to be really hypersensitive to threats to their status, um, quite thin skinned. Mm. Uh, so whenever they perceive a rival or get some sort of public critique, um, they'll then like really explode in anger. And and if they were, had high self-esteem and they were just really super extroverted and confident, that didn't make any sense. So this vulnerable side was introduced to mm. explain that. I always think a useful case study um, is, uh, if we think back to like, uh, particular president political individual who would be giving a speech and they would start out really Mm. grandiose the moment they were questioned by journalists they would then become really angry and explosive and try and get their revenge on that journalist so it was it was always a fascinating case study to watch that in real time Mm. yeah so so this this element of of vulnerability was only really kind of not discovered but research more recently yeah, exactly. then. so so yeah, yeah like d- discovered is a good way of, of putting it and unfortunately i think or well um, yeah that it hasn't quite um been communicated particularly well just yet because there's still some um narcissistic researchers who don't believe in it uh but but it, it's the camp oh, i've i definitely okay. fall into that camp and I, I think the evidence is certainly more robust showing that the vulnerability is real and it tends to Mm. be the thing that um, is responsible because narcissism is associated with loads of positive outcomes, but also loads of negative ones. Mm. And vulnerability is the thing that explains the negative ones. Yeah. Yeah. The, the paradox of yeah. it basically. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that's a great way to, to describe, I think narcissism is not yeah. a paradox because there seems to be this, this two sides to the coin, yeah. doesn't there? Of, um, of, of narcissism yeah so I guess um that kind of leads me into asking a little bit about the myths around narcissism um because I know you mentioned that there are and I think um 
like I said at the beginning, you know, it gets thrown around a lot that that word. Um, so kind of, you know, what myths would you say are out there, and and what can you say you from obviously your point of view, uh, you believe to be true or or, or not Oof. to be true? I uh, I hope I haven't talked this up too much. Maybe I've been narcissistic myself. Um, <laughs> to be, to be honest, the the main one I really wanted to uh, get across was was this idea of narcissists sitting as a an, a completely separate population that is rarely ever in the viewpoint mm. is is rarely ever. Um, kind of from the perspective of the viewer. So if I go on like a kind of a psychology today or something like that, and you search narcissism, every article will be like, why your ex is narcissistic, uh, how to deal with Mm. narcissistic parents, how to, why is my boss so narcissistic and stuff like that. And, and obviously I I don't think people should now be going and, and, you know, flagellating themselves, but it's really easy to point the finger and not self-reflect and kind of where are the moments where I've been a bit, you know, thin skinned and responded to some mm. ego threats and perhaps been a little bit um, aggressive. Uh, I, ju- I just think we're all capable of these behaviors. So what that means is that um, we should like a have some self-awareness, but also be forgiving and then just try and have a bit more patience and mm. understanding with other people. All this being said, yeah, uh, I, I discussed this with my boss before I came on, and he he really emphasised the importance to say that if your partner is a genuine narcissist, like if they are actually narcissistic, then you just need to run for the hills mm. because. Well, know. I was going to say, um, so you know how I put some yeah. question. Well, I put a question link out on my Instagram. Funnily enough two of the questions um well I think both of them were kind of related to relationships one of them mentions relationships so it said what are the signs of a narcissist in a relationship setting Um, and then the other one asked about um certain red flags to look out for and I'm not sure whether they meant red flags in relationships or maybe in general um but it's interesting that you know the first thing that came up was relationship do you know what I mean I think I think a lot of people do um do you think about I don't know I hear a lot of people talking about the exes and being like oh he was narcissistic or she was narcissistic and you know and and it's like to what level were they actually narcissistic or was it just like you said maybe just showing um some traits of of narcissism but not necessarily they weren't necessarily a narcissistic person in in general yeah I mean I, I I should say so a couple of caveats here um, it is perfectly possible that every loads of people's exes are narcissists. Like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, yeah. getting rid of the um, idea at all. I just, I just, I'm conscious that people might use it to excuse their own bad behaviour as well. Uh, so you know, everything's subjective, not sure. perfect. Um, and I should also say that romantic relationships aren't. This isn't my area of study, um, so I'm, mm. I'm interested more in the structure of narcissism. All that being said, um, the I think the signs are what we've really been talking about in terms of the kind of grandiosity. So also, I, I don't, because it's not really a term you hear much, just to be really clear, that's essentially like really inflated um, views of the self and bragging and I'm better than everyone else. Uh, mm. You've been to Tenerife, I've been to Eleven Tenerife, all, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so on the one hand, you've yeah. got that. On the other hand, you've got kind of like this antagonism. So being manipulative, 
uh, not particularly, uh, you know, distrustful, lying, paranoid, not really caring about um, other people's uh, feelings. And then finally, this, uh, this vulnerable side, so spite and contempt and shame and anger and not really being receptive to any kind of feedback. So, you know, in any relationship, the first thing to mm. do if there are problems, communicate about them. So talk openly to them. Mm. If the other individual isn't receptive, uh, then, I mean, this, this is really for a relationship counselor to advise, but generally narcissistic people will be less receptive to feedback. Yeah. 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 So, so when your boss said um, for people to run for the hills, mm. was that, was that from Yeah, him? yeah. Well, I, I was very cautious about, um, <laughs> few of us he spoke about, like straying outside of my specific research area. But he said it's an important message to get across yeah. that if there is someone who's exhibiting these type of behaviours uh, and they're not, they're not receptive to communication or feedback or anything like that, then you have to think really carefully about whether you want to continue the relationship, I think. Um, if mm. they really is no kind of forward movement or, or anything like that, then um, yeah, but basically the only, the only caveat is that these people are, they're very aggressive and angry and dangerous. So I'm not, I'm not giving yeah. anyone advice. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. And I think obviously in some situations, if we, if we feel, you know, manipulated to stay, it can yeah, be hard yeah, to, yeah. Even though if we we know someone's like that, it, sometimes we get we get uh, we stay a lot longer than we. Yeah, this should. is I should say like <laughs> this because this is really lot, really I'm not dicey ground, but like I'm very conscious to say I, I'm just a researcher. Mm. I'm not a therapist or anything like that. Um, always professional organisations are the best people to speak to in these situations. For sure, for sure. Um, so I wanted to say something because. I was thinking before, you know, you know, when you're saying about how we all have this um, kind of tendency to in certain situations and contexts, like we could all act narcissistic yeah. at times. I genuinely think I've had thoughts before of like, am I a narcissist? You know, like some situations and I feel like maybe I have been a little bit like, I don't know, I've bragged a little bit too much or I've, I don't know. I, I have been a bit manipulative and stuff. It is funny because like I've just been reflecting on our conversation. I was thinking I've genuinely had those thoughts sometimes of like, am I narcissistic? But then it makes sense that if we all have the capability to show those kind of behaviors sometimes, then, you know, we hope that that's obviously it's yeah. normal, isn't it? To, to maybe question that. about Yeah. Yourself. I mean, so that was one of the reasons I actually wanted to come back and kind of study it and to really understand it. Cause I had the same worry. I was like, what if I'm really narcissistic? And, you know, to some extent, we we all are, right? And in certain, as we mentioned, like in certain contexts, mm. good, certain contexts, it's bad. Um, and I think it's really important to kind of try and maintain that self-awareness and uh, use it to reflect on our behavior. And then maybe if there's something you think might have upset somebody, modify it next time. That being said, as I mentioned, the narcissists have like cognitive biases and distorted self-views yeah. and stuff like that so generally speaking if you if you're worried you might be a if narcissist you're yeah you're probably it. not one like not at that yeah. level anyway yeah yeah, yeah I was I was just thinking that because my my friend as well I was telling her about um you know this podcast recording and she said the same to me she was like honestly at times I've questioned whether whether I'm a narcissist and I I did say like you know from what I know um you know if you have 
that level of self-awareness that you've even yeah. questioned whether you have been narcissistic or you are narcissistic, then more than likely you, you, you know, you might've shown it, yeah. but truly narcissistic <laughs> people do not care about that at all. That it doesn't even enter into their mind. <laughs> they would read it and they'd be like, God, yeah, there are a lot of narcissists around. Have to be careful for them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess we were talking as well, weren't we, about kind of this element of compassion mm. um, for people, because I think, you know, this is something that I'm really, really passionate about is is compassion of others. And I know obviously like um, it is very hard to deal sometimes with people who may be more narcissistic or, you know, especially if it is where the, they are being very manipulative, hurtful, X, Y, and Z. But do you think it is important to have that kind of level of compassion um, around or that area or just in general with people? Compassion is a bit of a, a, a tricky one. I mean, I mean, you'd say broadly, yes, but it's so context specific, right? I, I think you could probably liken it. Mm. Um, an easy parallel would be something like bullying in childhood, right? So yeah, the, the difficulty is, is like the behavior objectively is bad and it, and it is really yeah. um, destructive. It's obviously one of the worst things that can happen to you, um, childhood bullying, if you're a victim of it. But but then as you know, become an adult and then you grow up and you and then you look at like what predicts childhood bullying and it's neglect and it's maltreatment and you suddenly realise everything's complicated, everything's nuanced. I, I'm not saying if you if you if you've got like a narcissistic boss or worker who's doing your head in and being aggressive to, to be like, oh it's okay, I feel compassion for them. Um it's it's always just to understand mm. that nothing's black and white and there's there's always situational contingencies that lead to this kind of behaviors yeah I, I feel like I'm really letting mm. the the bad people off the hook with this one no 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 because you know this is something why I got into psychology in the first place when I was younger and I was so interested in people's behavior because I just never I couldn't get my head around the, the concept of like people are just yeah. bad and they're just born bad and, and then and that's just it you know that's black and white I, I really had this kind of understanding I think from a young age that there's reasons behind why people do what they do and I, I wanted to understand that and get to know more about that and I think for me I don't know if sometimes I am too compassionate in a way because I do always try and I don't know like there's certain situations where I'm like I still will feel sorry for people or I'll still kind of like try and see things from their point of view and look at like maybe what could have led them to where they, they are now. Um, and sometimes I find it hard to be, yeah, you know, um, I, I know. I find it hard to be that kind of like, oh, you know, they're just, they're just an awful person. You know, I, I, I don't really feel I have that in me. I, I just want to understand why. Yeah. I, well, I, I think that's, I think that's really good. Um, and I, I think part of the part of the myths or I mentioned was was trying to get rid of um, try and help people have a little bit more perspective and understanding that this person isn't just bad. There's probably enough going on in their life um, that's causing them issues. The only the only thing with that, though, is that if somebody is acting like antagonistically and cool, uh, not mm. cool, <laughs> cruel. Um, yeah, definitely not cool. Um <laughs> and not they're cool. they're not reflecting on their own behavior and they're not being um you know they're not apologizing for themselves it doesn't necessarily mean we need to be really forgiving and apologetic of them either like of course. you know compassion's compassion is great but 
remorse is a really important element of it. And I think, unfortunately, mm. with especially chronic levels of narcissism, it's that lack of remorselessness and lack of empathy that is so central to it. So for those individuals, yeah, I mean, basically, the best thing you can do if the, if you think there's someone really narcissistic in your circle and they're consistently like this is just get away from them because they're a danger mm. to themselves. They're a danger to others. They're, they're only going to cause you a headache. You're not enjoying hanging out with them anyway. Um, just mm. bin them off. Basically. <laughs> and that's your that's your. That is very much advice. my unprofessional just advice. Just bin them off. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, I um I think where I was coming from is is more um from a point of sometimes I think you know people's behaviours we can really mm. internalise obviously and you know and they can really affect us and we can kind of take it personally and, and believe like you know it's it's because of us and something we've done and maybe you know to do with our self worth and that kind of stuff. So I think sometimes like understanding that you know this person is acting that way, not necessarily because of us, but because of them and, and you know what I mean? They're in a world. I think that having that level of awareness sometimes can help, I think. Yeah, well. that's true. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, we definitely do internalise it. And the, the only, the danger of that with somebody who's high in narcissism is that they're not doing that. So, so you've got one partner mm. who's constantly going, you know, everything's your fault how could it possibly be my fault i'm great i'm fantastic and then the the second partner is like oh you know they're only doing this because i'm bad and and all this sort of stuff so you, it ends up forming these mm. toxic dynamics really quickly i think yeah that that is a problem that's um unfortunately it's way above my pay grade that that's uh sounds like <laughs> counseling i think would be appropriate in that context yeah for sure for sure um so, yeah, I know that we've done quite a deep dive into narcissism at the moment, but is there anything else that you wanted to mention uh, to do with narcissism or to do with any of the other personality traits? No, um, I, the only thing I thought was interesting, this isn't this isn't particularly deep, but it's only because I only recently discovered it in terms of um, just because it's so big at the moment, like anti-vax stuff and, and conspiracy beliefs. So mm. it should come as no surprise, really, that narcissism is one of the strongest predictors of believing in conspiracies um mm. so it kind of stems from this the narcissistic individual has this kind of need for uniqueness and exceptionalism so i'm i'm smarter than everyone else they're quite paranoid and dist dist uh, distrustful and that's true in other contexts as well like a lot of the reason um when they're reactive to threats to their ego it's just through paranoia and distrust like no one was really psyching mm. them off but uh they perceived it yeah. that way um and then a kind of need for control and dominance over other individuals, which also gets into that. And then finally, just gullibility. So you're you're super self-confident. You really overest overestimate your own ability to understand things and um, perceive things. It eventually means you just get suckered in by these really convincing messages. Um, so yeah, so nothing, mm. it, if, if it was like, if you wanted to talk about like red flags, uh, that would be one of them, I think, yeah. if, if somebody was really into that sort of thing. Yeah, um, it's funny because while you were talking, then I was just thinking about um, someone that has been in my life recently through a family member. Um, so a family member has just come out of a relationship, actually. <laughs> and um, and 
yeah, he he displayed a lot of narcissistic oh, really? behavior traits, a hundred percent. Um, and it was kind of a waiting game for us, in a way, to you know, for for them to kind of realize this themselves, to then you know go the separate ways with this person. But this was something that um, he was majorly into was conspiracy, yeah. and you know, we'd we'd be sat at um, a dinner table, you know, go out for dinner, and and there'd be something that he'd be saying you know some kind of conspiracy that'd be telling us and then it's kind of like any any opinion that you had he had a different one Mm. and then there was also a lot of um if you know something he's he knows it 10 times better or he's done something 10 times better and it was very very difficult so when I was talking about compassion before you know I actually was thinking about it and in some situations I don't actually think I was that compassionate with him because it got to a point where I I was finding it very hard to be to be around um to be around no I mean that so yeah uh, fair enough I would say that sounds like a situation where it would be very difficult to um, be compassionate and and you know if, if there's one useful thing that comes out of this maybe people will be able to look at these scenarios mm. and go yeah maybe actually this this pretty much fits the bill like it sounds like this individual is being narcissistic yeah. and that, that actually does get me onto um just use one point from from my side which is that personality characteristics some of them we're we're better at reporting on ourselves so this like uh neuroticism mm. vulnerability level of distress because that's so internal, you've got a better view of it than other people. But others, other people are much better at re- uh, viewing you than you are yourself. So a- extroversion and then this agreeableness, antagonism, how kind you are to others. Other people have got a much be- better bearing on it than you do. Um, so mm. uh, yeah, that's why this self-reflection is so important, I think, um, when it comes to narcissism. Yeah. So, like this individual sounds like perhaps they could have done with a little bit more of it. Yeah, for sure. Whether whether that yeah. happens, I, I I hope and I wish for him that it yeah. does. Um, but yeah, whether that happens, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, that, that's interesting that you said. Um, sorry about mm. agreeableness because I feel like, um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but high levels of agreeableness is that related to behaviours like people please? Yeah. So, so I, um, the only reason I haven't used that as a term is. some of these personality characteristics I think they're just termed a bit strange like agreeable is not a way that it's not something you'd normally say in day-to-day life but everything I've been saying about antagonism and this cruelty is just low agreeableness Mm. that's the core of narcissism basically but yes uh, in terms of people pleasing yeah it is that it is really strongly related to that yeah yeah no because I was just thinking um you know when you said that that's usually seen by others Mm. rather than yourself like agreeableness and I feel like that that really relates to to me because I think I was I've always been very high in like I've always had high levels of agreeableness and definitely displayed a lot of people pleasing um behaviors but it's only till recent I've really and you know since I've been on such a self-reflection journey I've actually started to understand that about myself for a long time people would say things to me about it but I wouldn't necessarily yeah understand that that's what I was doing um and it's only till recent that I have really like self-reflected I've realized that so it's just interesting that you mentioned that it's usually noticed by others before yeah. yourself oh, that's, yeah. I mean that's great to hear firstly and I, and I think you know agreeableness mm-hmm. was the trait we've been talking about basically this whole thing so when you're talking about like prognosis for treatment for narcissists it, it works mm-hmm. in the other direction as well 
Um, but it, it, yeah, especially I think getting feedback on agreeableness as a trait in particular, because there's almost a, a moral dimension to it. Um, when you're talking about kindness mm. and unkindness, people might be reluctant to do it. Like I imagine it's really valuable feedback for you to hear, for all of us to hear. But I imagine they were pretty nervous in uh, delivering it, I would have thought. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. No, definitely. Well, I, honestly, I've I've loved this conversation today. It's lit up my brain because I've told you I'm such a psychology yeah. geek. And I mean, obviously I did a lot of personality um, stuff when I was in my undergrad. Um, I didn't really touch upon it as much in my master's because uh, I did clinical and health. We, we didn't really you know, do much in individual differences. Um, I did in, in my, in my undergrad, oh, yeah. but yeah, I, I love these conversations. Um, and it makes me just want to, you know, go away and do more research and stuff. Yeah. I love, maybe it speaks to my own narcissism, but I absolutely love that. Uh, so really, really enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having me. I just hope people uh, find it interesting. No worries. No, I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, and just as a bit of a tradition that I have on this podcast, John, I don't know if you've listened to any other episodes, but um, I do always ask two questions oh, yeah? at the end. Um, so this this is actually quite funny because I'm just about to ask you a question, um, which I don't, I personally don't think is narcissistic in answering because I think, you know, we, we've got to love ourselves. So I, I do always ask, um, what is something that you love about yourself? Uh, I'm, I'm very, actually, uh, I'm very curious. Mm. Uh, I ask, ask a lot of questions. I think sometimes too much. Um, I can maybe tend to ask questions rather than reveal something about myself, but, uh, I always really enjoy hearing about other people and, and their lives and, uh, yeah, getting to know them basically. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You're just interested in other people. And that's, that's a, that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I guess that's probably the opposite of what narcissists are like, I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. Like, do, do I, um, do I just want to get to know them so I can later impress them? Ah, that's a, could, interesting, yeah, interesting. Maybe, maybe a bit of both. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Um, and then the last one is just something that you're grateful for. Oh, just, uh, this is a pretty dead answer, but just my, my friends and, and loved ones really like I'm very lucky to be um, through lots of different avenues like surrounded by really great people in all aspects of life both professional and and personal and I probably don't communicate that enough to them well hopefully they might listen to this and then yeah you know, I'll tell them to take, skip to the end yeah take take that message away from 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 this uh, this podcast today yeah. no that's amazing and honestly thank you so much for coming on sharing your knowledge um and yeah just being all around great guest it's been it's been good and definitely um lit up my brain today with all the psychology talks oh, great. So, yeah appreciate, appreciate you a lot thanks uh, thanks for having me back no problem at all thank you thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode i would really appreciate it if you shared it and click the follow button for more content and to send in your ask the coach questions you can find me on instagram at voyage mcr thank you